The Jamie Dyer Show. My guest today, coming all the way from California in the United States of America, it is Marsha Gleit. Thank you for joining us today, Marsha. Tell me, what is your passion? My passion is helping middle managers understand that they need to bring more levity and more self-care into the workforce. What exactly does that entail? (laughs) So I'm a believer um, is if you put yourself first, you're better for all those around you. So if you are a middle manager, you need to come to work with your best self. Otherwise, you are going to be unapproachable. You're going to be snapping. You're going to lose your patience. and Part of the way that you do that is by bringing more levity or more fun into the workplace. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to have a good time. It's okay to to let your guard down because when you're bringing your you're putting your best foot forward, you're um, you're really being allowing your um, employees to to be themselves and to be their most productive, efficient, effective, which is gonna always help the bottom line. And that's what all middle managers just don't understand, right? How do middle managers get their job? Most of the time they're promoted because they're a great um, sales assistant, right? They're a great researcher, they're a great bean counter, right? Whatever it is that your job is, you did it really well. And somebody said, oh, they should be manage the team now. And they have not a clue how to manage. The first thing that springs to mind is, though, how do you find that balance between serious work and fun time, if to use a really bad phrase? How do you find that balance in between? Um, I managed people for a long time. My, my background before I got into leadership coaching was... Um, corporate finance and accounting. And I have to tell you, I felt every day going to work, I felt like a caged animal, right? I went to my cubicle every day and basically did my work. And I, even though I liked the work, you have to like the environment. So how do you bring fun and levity and into the workforce is by first your mindset and letting yourself know that it's okay. Okay. You're not the clown, right? I mean, you you, you don't want to be the class clown, right? But there is a way to um, really listen to your people and what their problem is and where their stress level is. And I used to, um, I used to get up and sing. I used to get up and dance. Okay. And my, my people being able to put the phone down and put the pencil down just to watch for a few minutes brought their stress level. And you can see it, right? You're sitting so nice, right? Nice and calm because you love doing this. But when you don't and you feel those shoulders, they're almost up into your ears, right? You know, all you need to do is tell your people, take a deep breath and drop those shoulders, right? And that is a way to just to have a little fun. And that's not being the class clown. You don't have to sing and dance like I did, right? Um, but I knew the environment I was in and I could do that. And the people need that. They need to know that it's okay. Put down the pencil for a couple minutes and let's um, really um, work and get to know the team as well. And when you're not being as serious, 
and you're putting the work down for a couple minutes, that's a chance to to meet each other, to have fun. You know, we used to play, um, we used to do like trivia Tuesdays and every Tuesday somebody got to bring, to be the topic. And they liked that, they enjoyed that. They were like, and every week we tried to find, it became a little bit of a competition. It became a little bit of like really fun within each other to find a topic that the others didn't, um, didn't know as many of the answers. So it was, that that's fun, right? That That's not, you know, being, um, you know, getting out of hand, getting loud, getting, you know, um, so that, that's how you do it. That's, that's how you do it. it yeah, I, I think the tendency these days is pretty much to keep yourself to yourself. But by what you're saying, the workplace kind of needs to get to know each other a little bit personally as well as professionally. Yeah. And you know where it's becoming really hard is in this remote world. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we're talking about lockdowns again. Mm -hmm. And the, the company. We're in a lockdown. That, are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that is a whole nother challenge of if I'm in my room and you're in your room, how do we connect? How do we share information? How do we get on a Zoom like we're doing right now? And it being a little bit more than just work and get off the phone. Yeah. I, I think sometimes that screen can be something of a barrier. Um, but I think it, it depends on the subject in which you're talking about. I mean, I've presented um, other podcasts where I've got several people in a Zoom meeting just like this, and it's felt like we're all sat around a table. And I think that is a testament to how great the technology has become. I agree with that 100%. But I'll tell you, the person that was leading the meeting, it's a testament to them to be able to create that environment. And it, it, and to allow people to give their, and it's not any different than being in the same room, right? If the leader of, of a meeting or the leader of a team um, brainstorming, whatever it may be, is not, is being open to allowing everyone to collaborate, right? Then you're going to get that flow, whether you're in, a, we're in our boxes or we're around the table. I agree with you. I, I think it is important for everybody to have their say in something like that, because you don't have the extra thing I find in online meeting. You don't have sort of that body language thing it's mostly verbal but it's, it's interesting though because um you can see the body language okay and and what i'm what i mean by that is right now we're having a really nice conversation and we're looking at each other and we're, we're right if i went started doing this right and i started looking down at my phone okay you will know that i'm not paying attention to you so it's right so if you're not engaging I could easily do something else much easier than, I mean, I know when I used to be in meetings, the only thing I could do was doodle, right? And I would doodle and, and I'd look up and doodle and I'd look up. Now we get caught in the technology, you know, if we're Googling instead of doodling, right? I like that. I have to remember that. If we're Googling instead of doodling, right? Um, it's, it, it takes more of an attention. So you know that, 
right? You, you Versus getting somebody's attention and having that conversation and listening to each other. And that's where the leadership training comes in, right? You need to learn how to lead, not just get the work done, but lead the collaboration. You need to lead the conversation. Um, and then you need to lead in the, in the point of, I am a believer as a leader. You want your people to start coming to you with solutions, not problems. And the more they do that, and the more that you are inviting people in to come with a solution that may not be the right answer, may not be my solution, but I'm now able to listen to your solution to see whether or not that, you know, it, we can come to the to, to the best um, solution to the problem, and um, so there are there are little things that can be done in the Zoom environment that is exactly like it is in the in the office environment, and it really starts with again. I really believe strongly, and it starts with you. What is your regimen for self care? How do we start? every meeting, right, with taking a really good deep breath so that everybody's shoulders aren't in their ears, they're, they're where they belong, right? Um, and people understand that, right? Because you can feel it when your shoulders are there, right? So you start a meeting with, 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 a, with a breathing exercise. Some, some people start meetings with meditations. Let's do a five-minute meditation, right? Um, just taking some time for you to get into the space to open up um, with each other, and feel that they can collaborate um, and, and become more efficient. And everybody has a space in which they can participate, right? That's the great thing about being able to own the mute, right? And <laughs> you're talking too much. I'm gonna mute you, Jamie. I don't wanna hear any more from you because I wanna hear from Susie who hasn't said a word, you know, and, and I can keep you from talking, you know, so I mean, so, some advantages if you think about it. I mean, and that's kind of silly, right? But um, but think about meetings that you've had in the past where one person dominates because they need to hear themselves talk. Never, not usually the one with the best ideas. It's weird the way that it's gone, and it's some it's been accelerated the whole Zoom thing uh, since the start of COVID nineteen, and. Um, Going back slightly to what you were saying there, a lot of what you're saying is very universal because I know of um, of schools that have done that where they've had breathing exercises and stuff beforehand and stretching out and things so that they can get on with learning. But there is a danger, um, isn't there, with having meetings via Zoom and not in person and utilizing those skills that some of those skills will just fade away the ability to be face-to-face -face with somebody and have a conversation in a group setting. Yeah, that, that, there is a challenge of that. It really is. There, there's so many, and, and we see it mostly when we don't talk about it as it comes to the, um, to the office. They talk about it more with children in schools and why it's so important for children to be around other children. And you know what? It's really important for adults to be around other adults right? Because there is that whole, um, we need it. I mean, we need connection. We need communication. You know, we need, you know, we need the hug and it may not be the hug in the, you know, in the, in the workspace, but I, I definitely remember, um, you know, working, 
um, when I was working in a nine to five job, you know, that our sales reps would come in or our business partners or our, our best clients. And you've created such a relationship with them that you do, you'd give them a big hug when they, when they came in. Right. Cause it, it's your way of, of showing your, your level of uh, relationship. And, and I think we were missed it. We will miss that. Um, but I'm hopeful because I believe we'll get back to going to an, to an office um, and there are companies that, um, I know my husband, my son's company, they're, um, they're actually, um, home bases in London. And so he said, I don't do work any other way. If I want to talk to the CEO or my boss, I'm doing it on zoom because they, this is just how it is. Um, and so it's interesting that, um, you know, we think about this as being new technology and a new way to do business. And it's really an old way to do business. Yeah, it's it's certainly becoming um, a lot more apparent. But like you say, it's been around for a little while. So tell me, um, because I'm sure there'd be listeners out there that, that would like to know, how did you get into doing what you're doing? <laughs> I tripped into it, Jamie. Isn't that how we always find our our way? Um, I I was going to work every day, and I was just hating life. I was not happy, and I had to do something. and And I went through this process, which I like to go through with my clients as well. Is if I could have a clean slate and I could do anything I wanted to do what do I like best about what I'm doing? And I found I really loved communicating and talking to people and making sure that they were doing what they wanted to do. Okay. And sometimes it led to them leaving the company. And sometimes it led to me being able to give them more responsibility. And I did that with myself. And when I and that's what I found is that I like working with people more than I like working with um, spreadsheets and numbers. And I looked around, what can I do? And and I bumped into coaching. And I um, did some. I started out doing some executive coaching, and I was doing some one-on-one, you know, um, self-care coaching. And it kept coming back to that fact that here I am, a high-achieving executive right and i'm teaching fun and woo woo self-care and it didn't quite add up right because it's two different worlds and i realized that if i knew what i knew now in my my job i would have been happier and i would have been taking care of me better and i probably don't know that i would have ever left and that's what I want to give to um, to to managers like myself is that maybe it's not the job that you like you don't like maybe it's the the box that you put yourself in that you don't like and when you give them the tools about how to lead better and how to manage people better how to take care of themselves then they have the tools to say. I could be the best that I can be. And do I belong here? And companies always say, 
oh my God, that's a bad thing because we spend so much money training people. And I say, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because I would rather you, if you love interviewing people and doing podcasts to be doing what you do, you're going to be more efficient and more effective and you're going to be more profitable at it than me doing it and hating every minute and not being my best when I, when I came to the job. And that's how I got into this space. And I'm just, I'm loving doing it. Well, I can see the enthusiasm is, is there. It's definitely there. And I I completely get what you're saying because employers have a duty to employ the people that actually want to be there and will do the best job. And obviously, if you enjoy that job, um, there there are chances that the better job they will do, um, which sometimes is not always it's not always thought about. You know, on the job seeker side, you think I need to get a job, but you think what do I personally like doing? And what will be beneficial for the employer? It's it's kind of a two two way street there. It's not just one way. But uh, no, I I find it uh, really interesting. And it sounds like um, you you must be doing a lot of stuff at the moment, just like we're doing at the moment over Zoom. It's very interesting because I did a lot of in person speaking, so I speak on on this topic and on on leadership and. Um, and going to Zoom all of a sudden was a very different experience all of a sudden doing virtual summits and um, trying to, you know, you, one of the things that you talked about was um, how do you communicate and really see what people are doing on Zoom and make that exponential when you're kind of standing on stage, right? Talking to all these people and you, you know, and you're like, how do I know if I'm even landing or resonating with, with anybody when all you see are these little boxes, right? And then what happens when we're on Zoom? Well, all we want to do is look at ourselves, right? Is my hair in the right place? How does my makeup look today? Right? Well, you don't have that issue, but um, you know, but you know what I'm saying, is my collar down, you know? Um, and so all of a sudden you're you're um, you don't have the ability to scroll, you don't have the ability to actually um, connect with people. And that was really um, a hard shift for me, but you figure it out. So now I find that I one or two people that are actually shaking their heads and looking at me, I'm like, okay, you're my go-to, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, and now I can see people's names so you can actually call them out, you know, because so, so there's advantages and disadvantages. So you just have to say, you can go into... Um, any situation, right? And we can look at the, the cup half empty, or we can look at it, the cup half full. And I, I like to look at the cup half full because um, so many opportunities to learn and to, um, and to connect when you do that. And I don't even know if I just answered your question, but I went some down some rabbit hole, but that's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. I love it when guests do that. Um, it's, it's great. But um Really, last question here, or one of my last questions, is that I, I was wondering kind of when people wanted to get onto the road of what it is that you teach people and, and how you help people, what's like the first thing that they have to think of? You know, the first thing that I, I do is I teach awareness. And 
so much comes with awareness. It, you're aware of you and how your, your words that you use, um, your energy that you bring to the table, how people are reacting to what you're doing and what you're saying. And making sure, again, it's awareness that you're bringing your best self to the table. And then I really have them look at, are you doing what you really want to do? And a lot of people talk about what as um, it as your vision, right? This is the vision of what you want to do and, and your, what your dream life is. And I believe that it's bigger than your vision, right? It's not just what you see with your eyes. It's, it's all your senses, okay? You got to smell it and taste it and touch it and feel it, right? And see it. And if you're using and hear it, and if you're using all of your senses and you're just in, you just can't go another day without doing this, right? Then that's your passion. And that's where you, that was the first question you asked me is right about my passion. And how it, and how do you describe a passion is that you wake up in the morning wanting to do it and you go to sleep at night knowing that you want to wake up in the morning wanting to do it. And that's what I want for people. And I and no matter what you're doing, whether you have your own business, whether you work in a job, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever you do, or stay-at-home dad, right? Whatever it is you do, you are impacting the leaders of the next generation. And, and, and it's so important to teach the things that we didn't know when we were growing up, right? That they understand there is an ability to have harmony, to have work-life balance, to be able to communicate your, your desires and your innermost feelings. And it's going to be okay. And, and I think that's what this whole COVID thing has taught me is that we're going to be okay. It sucks right now. We're going to be okay. Well, yeah. Tomorrow yeah. is another day after Tomorrow all. Tomorrow is another day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a fantastic answer. And uh, I'd like to say, Marsha, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. And, and before we go, I'd love to um, give a gift to your listeners, if that's okay. I have yeah. a, um, I call it my, my mood zone, um, my mood temperature cheat sheet. And it really talks about this, like awareness and about um, what can I do to take care of me, to be the best that I can be. And, and, and how do you know when your mood is moving from, you know, from being the best to maybe not so great to maybe I need to get some help. And um, so they can get that at um, mymoodzone.com. Um, that's just easy, mymoodzone.com. And they can go out and get that free gift. And if anybody wants to um, talk about this topic a little bit more, they can go to my calendar. Um, and I have, I can do five 30-minute um, strategy sessions um, at speakwithmarsha.com. They can go on in my calendar and book a 30-minute session with me and um and and 
understand why they could be the best that, that they can be. Well, hopefully loads of people go and check that out. And um, I'd like to say, Marsha, thank you for appearing on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is my pleasure. The Jamie Dyer Show.